we did put the children in school but because I'd already tasted home education and I realized how much better it could be and I'm seeing my children come home with things from school and thinking no no I've got a better way of doing that and when I saw them struggling and I realized why and I just honestly felt like I could do a better job when I saw the struggles that they were having and I knew I had a remedy for that I just had to keep sort of convincing my husband give me another shot like bring them home let me show you how it would work this is Raising Mums, the podcast that raises up Muslim mums like you so that you can raise your children well. And here's your host, Dr. Gemma. Before we begin today's episode, I have to tell you about Launch Your Homeschool because doors are opening tomorrow, that's Friday, the 29th of July at noon UK time. Launch Your Homeschool is the online homeschooling course for Muslim parents. If you've ever felt lost educating your child at home, overwhelmed by all the options, confused about how to educate your child at home, Launch Your Homeschool will hold your hand so you don't lose your way. You'll learn how to design an education for your children that is less about ticking boxes and more about what you really value. It is less about fitting them into a mould and more about what is best for your child. It's less about the superficial and more about what really matters. Launch Your Homeschool is opening Friday the 29th of July at 12pm UK time. Make sure if you're not already you get on the waiting list so you don't miss the early bird bonus or if you're hearing this after Friday the 29th of July head over to launchyourhomeschool.com and join us. So I am forever blown away by the caliber of women that I meet within the homeschooling community. I feel so blessed and honoured to know some of these great women who I've been bringing on bit by bit onto this podcast. Women who externally to the world seem very ordinary, but you dig a little deeper and you find they're doing extraordinary things with their children at home. And today's guest is no different. Today we'll be speaking with Khadija Stott Andrew. She is a mother of three living here in Manchester. But as you'll hear, her homeschool didn't always look that way. She spent some time in the Middle East. She has had her children in school for a period of time. I first got to really know Khadija when she joined Launcher Homeschool. She enrolled and straight away threw herself into the course and in particular into the community. So much so that I invited her to start a book club for the women in the community because she has a background in writing and reading. And so I wanted to bring her expertise to the group and she jumped on it. And the book club now has become a very popular and valued part of Launch Your Homeschool where they meet every six to eight weeks and discuss a new book that's about parenting or homeschooling. And in today's episode, she's going to touch on so many interesting aspects of her story. Things like how she managed to find a compromise with her husband when her husband wasn't really on board with homeschooling the kids. 
She talks about how to manage read aloud times when your kids just won't sit still. And she gives us the behind the scenes scoop on what she experienced behind closed doors within the school system. And I've already introduced you to everybody here, Khadija, before you've come on. But if you could just take a few moments just to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your family. Okay, uh, assalamu alaikum. Um, so like Dr. Shema said, uh, my name is Khadija and I have three children and I've been homeschooling on and off since my eldest was about two years old when he came to me and asked me, please, can I read and please, can I write? Um, so I was kind of launched into the homeschooling life then, but with our traveling and things, they have been in and out of school, which is why it's been sort of on and off. And my eldest is now nearly 12, mashallah. So it's been about 10 years of homeschooling for me. <laughs> you said that you have been homeschooling for about 10 years in and out of school. What has been, I mean, what keeps bringing you back to homeschooling? How did you start and what keeps bringing you back to it? So like I said, um, I started with my little one asking me, you know, can I read and can I write? And it's interesting because I had heard of homeschooling, liked the idea of it. And I liked the idea of being able to teach my child something and taking part in his education. But the idea of taking on that whole responsibility myself was way too daunting. So I never intended to homeschool. I said, it's too much responsibility. It's not something I would do, but I'd like to do a few little bits here and there but with him being only two and asking me teach me to read and write I there was no he wasn't in nursery I was a full-time stay-at-home mom so there was nothing really for him at that time so I had to kind of jump into it and obviously when you're looking for teaching resources and read how, learning how to read you end up falling into the homeschool community online and it was such a supportive community and the amount of resources that were out there made me realize you know I, I can actually do this with us like I said with us traveling and we were in Qatar for a while and my children automatically had a place at an international school there so with my husband being a teacher there we did put the children in school but because I'd already tasted home education and I realized how much better it could be and I'm seeing my children come home with things from school and thinking no no I've got a better way of doing that and when I saw them struggling and I realized why especially when it came to phonics and reading because that's a personal interest of mine anyway and I just honestly felt like I could do a better job and with my husband his opinion was always well can't they do your stuff when they come home and for me there just wasn't enough time in the day and mm. we've got to remember they're only children I think the more I realized okay the children can be at home all the time and I could still tick the boxes that they need it just became a comfort thing with us to be honest with you it was a time we bonded as a family and whenever they were in school I really missed that and being so pro, pro home education, when I saw the struggles that they were having and I knew I had a remedy for that, I just had to keep sort of convincing my husband, give me another shot, like bring them home, let me show you how it would work and how we can change it. And now we're back in the UK and homeschooling has become sort of exclusive for all three of them because usually there was always one at school maybe two at home and it kind of alternated a little bit like that but now all three of them are at home and I'm able to really dive in properly with homeschooling and it's been it's been hard but it's also fulfilling that 
desire I wanted even when my eldest was younger, which was to be a part of their education, to share that with them. Because school was something I always loved. <laughs> I always enjoyed it when I was little. And to be able to create a part of that and a sample of that with my children and join in, that's been really rewarding, mashallah. That's so interesting. There's so much of your story that I just want to pull apart and talk to you about, if that's okay. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> so let's go right back, right at the beginning. You said that your two-year-old asked you to read and write. He wanted to learn, you know, start doing something a bit more formal. Yeah. Um, now that obviously is very unusual, but you you went for it and you you did something with him. I mean, is he gifted or is he academically advanced still? And, and how has homeschooling helped that? Um, I mean, I will definitely agree with you. It's not usual for a two-year-old to say that. And if any other, you know, you see people and other mums excited to homeschool and say, okay, my little one's two, what should I do? And the first thing we all say as sort of like seasoned homeschoolers is don't do anything. They're fine. Yes. <laughs> we, that's the first thing we say. Um, but because he was asking me, I kind of jumped on it and I wouldn't, he's not, I mean, I think all children are gifted, so I don't want to say he's not gifted, but in the traditional sense of what we understand a gifted child to be, um, he's he's not. And he has kind of, his enthusiasm has slowed down as he's gotten mm. older. And I think as he's heading towards teenage years, he's naturally starting to get a bit sort of fed up. And I do think maybe the in and out of school situation has probably contributed to that. I think if because when he did go into school, he was actually ahead of everybody in his age group. Okay. And he was doing classes ahead of them. And what happened was because they thought, oh, great, he, he's doing really well. They kind of shoved him forward, whereas I would have kept him at the same pace. School got overzealous. and was like, right, we're going to put him forward. And with him being in a year with because at that age, I think he was about it was year two. So what is that? So seven, mm -hmm. eight years old six years old maybe and he was suddenly with children who were a year older than him and yes he was very advanced in certain areas but in other areas he wasn't and with his personality he became fixated on the areas he wasn't good at the environment that was there kind of focused on that as well and it was that kind of detrimental environment that contributed to us pulling him out again and being able to keep him at home where again he picked up the pace and but he was then on par with children his age as opposed to lagging behind because he'd got his enthusiasm back so I literally spent maybe a year two years with him creating that enjoyment again that he had when he was two and when he was three and creating that love of learning and now I think it is just to be honest boys and heading towards teenagers that's made him not as enthusiastic but mm. when it comes to reading he does love reading and when I actually leave him to it he's very very enthusiastic um he loves to know things um he will sit there reading about scientists or watching um documentaries and he loves coming and telling me things but the idea of some structure and because he's getting older now and potentially going back into school again we're having to tick those boxes which i yeah. hate to as as a pro home ed I, I hate those check boxes so if I just leave him with his books he will sit there and he will figure something out he might do some origami which makes him he's got like a book that talks about different planes and the plane models and then he might look up a plane model and then he, and he ends up you know when you kind of end up on a, down the rabbit hole and just linking one thing to another he kind of does that and it's amazing to watch and sometimes I hate having to draw him back and say right okay 
we need to look at this um, test paper now and we need to look at that. I, I hate having to do that. And I do think that does dampen his and any child's enthusiasm, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, that's it's a common story that we hear, isn't it? That yeah. kids were really enthusiastic about learning. Maybe they were even a little bit ahead. They went into school and after a year, two years, that enthusiasm starts to fade. But yeah. for sure, like age hormones, all of those things does play a part in that as well. Yeah. I'd be really interested to hear about not going into anything too personal at all, but just this ongoing discussion that you have with your husband about school versus homeschooling, because there are a lot of people listening who will really want to home educate their children, but the dad is not on board. But your story, it's kind of encouraging in the sense that you gave it a go at home, then because of travel, they were in school and by, by your husband seeing the difference between those two situations and the impact it was having on your children, you, he was able to understand your perspective. Do you have any advice for, for a mum who, whose spouse, whose husband is just not on board with homeschooling yet? Um, honestly, uh, from my experience, you'd have to work out exactly how against homeschooling your husband is because as much I fight for it because I believe in it so passionately and so you have to also assess how willing you are to commit to it because it has been for 10 years an uphill struggle my advice would be obviously to assess that because if your husband is absolutely dead set against and won't even entertain it and you're only half interested in it or you know you're not willing to really put the fight in you just want to sort of test it out I would test it out in holidays like don't okay. try and take them out of school, like the summer holidays, half terms, um, the Christmas holiday, Easter holidays. Use that as a time to just play around with the different homeschool strategies or books and things like that, because that gives you a taste for it as well. And you never know, your husband might see and think, oh, this is really good. It'd be nice if they could do this all the time, especially with Islamic content, because they could sit, sometimes it can be a case of where your husband will see oh yeah they're reading this book oh they're doing that math so that's good but they can do that in school find things that they actually can't do in school so stories mm. of the companions arabic studies quranic studies get them doing a quran journal and just all these things that are important to us as muslim families that they no matter how great the school is even muslim schools don't necessarily have that level of commitment to islamic studies and arabic studies um, so show what they can do and nature studies as well being outside that they're not outside a lot especially in England with the weather the way it is they don't spend a whole lot of time in nature so just show that side of it um, if after all that there is still a bit of a battle try to find a compromise and mm. in doing that I'm aware of the UK curriculum and I do try to tick those boxes where I can and I will use, so I use at the moment Charlotte Mason and a mixture of the UK curriculum as well. So I might find a topic that is on the UK curriculum. I say it's electricity or something. I will find a living book about Tesla and we're doing electricity. So I will try and sort of marry the two approaches so that I do, it does look like we're ticking boxes. And to be honest, 
I've noticed without me having to find a curriculum aim and think, okay, here's this worksheet that fits this, without me having to do that, the children are actually grasping concepts. I was really surprised that just me reading about Tesla or reading about electricity with my second son, my youngest daughter had actually grasped quite a lot of it by just being in the room. So it made ticking those boxes a lot easier when they already had an understanding of them. So that would be my advice. Find out what Brilliant. things your husband absolutely wants them to do and see how you can do that in a homeschool setting. That's fantastic, Lydia. Thank you so much for that. I think that's really helpful. So I want to jump on that idea of um, Charlotte Mason and pairing that, marrying that with the national curriculum. Because instantly, I know that at least half of the people listening want to know more about that. So <laughs> tell tell us what your a typical day looks like for you, and perhaps how you you bring bring you know the national curriculum and a Charlotte Mason education together. You've already given the example with science, which is fantastic. Um, so just run us through what a typical day would look like for your family. Okay, so I'm going to talk through an ideal day because a typical day at the moment is a bit chaotic. <laughs> like I said, we're still sort of like finding our feet after traveling and coming home. So we're trying out a few different ways, but ideally we would start off with maths and that's just because I've noticed my children, they respond better to maths in the morning um, when they first get up. And I use Twinkle um, for a lot of my resources. And when you have the ultimate subscription to that, there's loads of extra apps you get. So there's one that's got a mental maths app. And one thing that I've noticed people seem to love doing with my children is quizzing them on their times tables. It's oh, like yes. they'll, they'll hear, oh, you're homeschooled. Okay, well, what's five seven? Oh my you know, gosh. <laughs> Why do they do that? <laughs> it's, really, it's very, it's very frustrating. And I'm, I'm not just talking strangers, like family members, everything. Yeah. It just seems to be the times tables. So I have a mental maths app from Twinkle that helps them practice that. And even though I don't like jumping to other people's tunes, by them doing that, it makes the kids feel more confident as well, that they can answer those questions when they're quizzed on them. Mm -hmm. And they just start off, start off a warm up with the mental maths. And then my son, my second son will use Khan Academy and he, cause they have quite a good maths program and he responds quite well to that. Um, so he will sit and do that. And it's because even though that's the American curriculum, the topics are very in line with the UK curriculum. And my daughter will use Khan Academy Kids and she'll do the different maths bits that are on that and work through the different things again, which is very similar to the UK curriculum. My eldest son, again, because we're having to tick those boxes, he's using Twinkle. So what I did was to figure out where he was and it didn't feel good at the time, but I'm glad I did it. I gave him some SATS practice papers. And the great thing about twinkle is it had curriculum aims linked with certain questions so the questions that he was struggling with I knew where we needed to sort of focus mm -hmm. and then we would sit and I would go through certain topics with him so I sit with each child in time and if they finished or they're waiting for me they then sit and read one of the Charlotte Mason free reading books or one of the literature based books they will sit and they will read that um, by themselves whilst they wait for me or they will do copy work or something else some of the other Charlotte Mason daily work that is there they will do that whilst they wait for me um, once we've done that 
um, we will move on to sort of writing and reading and sort of like the language arts and that can look very very different a lot of the UK curriculum English aims are they need to write to inform they need to be able to use adjectives they need that there's a lot of again check boxes that they need to be able to do which to be honest they would pick up anyway through reading and writing but mm -hmm. in my position I do feel like I need to shine a little bit of a spotlight on them so with my eldest son I will pick a topic that we're doing say it's history and it's our island story and he has to write um say he has to learn to write a diary entry I will tell him to pick one of the characters, one of the people in our island, our island story and write a diary entry on that. And I okay. might take a sample resource from Twinkle that has the sort of the templates for diary entries or a newspaper article or instructions or whatever it is that he needs to be able to do. I will take that resource, but I'm using Charlotte Mason books and the book lists in order to achieve those aims. Um, and again, with science, um, geography, I use at the moment, I've got an atlas that has different map skills at the beginning. And that's what we're going through at the moment. And I kind of differentiate it for my children. So we were talking about the different lines on a grid, on, on a map. So we all looked at the same book and they all had their sort of like notepads in front of them. And I got them all to draw the world. So they draw, drew a big circle on there. My daughter, who's seven, just had to colour it in, so show where the sea is, show where the um, countries are and pick a colour. She had to have the equator on there and show the directions of northeast, southwest. Mm -hmm. And then my um, second son, he needed the, the same as my daughter, but then he also had to put in some longitude and latitude lines as well. And again, my older son, he then had to write an explanation for it as if he is explaining how to use that map and what those different lines mean. So I kind of build up the activity for each child, but we're all doing the same thing. And that saves a lot of time as well. That's brilliant. I mean, that's great advice for people who have children of multiple ages yeah. and are trying to work out how on earth you teach so many kids at once. And that's a fantastic example of how you can do it. Yeah, it, it is tricky with multiple children, but the honest, my easiest time is when we get to read aloud. I save read alouds for the evening, uh, not the evening, sorry, for the afternoon. After we've finished everything, we've usually done lunch, had a tidy up, things are kind of ready, and then we can sit down and relax. Um, and then I will get the books out. And I don't really have a schedule for that at the moment. I'll just pick what I feel like reading or what I think they're in the mood for. Um, so for example if we're doing tales from Shakespeare they have to be focused so if they're still really really tired um, from the day I probably won't pick that one um, we have some Islamic books that we go through so we're going through a book about the, um, the final messenger the Sirah, and also the book um, Khadija by Fatima Barakullah as well oh, yes, which yeah. is fantastic and they really enjoy that and they don't have to concentrate as much for it Mm. Um, so it just depends on how they're feeling and that and I'll pick a different read aloud because they're still getting used to reading a narration because even though I've been familiar with Charlotte Mason for a while it's only recently that I've gone sort of like full head-on trying to embrace the whole philosophy and I'm so glad you have Khadija <laughs> <laughs> it's made things so much easier I did come across it when Oma was younger and I was looking at but I didn't know enough about it and it just seemed like because again I always had the intention of him going into school. I thought, well, I'm just going to teach him to read. He is going to eventually go into school. I felt that I didn't see a way to join Charlotte Mason with the UK curriculum. So I was like, well, that's so good. I can't just read to him. 
well, now I know that, that I'm saying it and it's making me laugh. I can't just read to him all day, you know, as if that's not valuable. <laughs> but at the time I thought, no, he needs to, I was still in that mentality. No, he needs to be producing something. He needs yeah. some worksheets. He needs this, he needs that. Mm. And I felt that Charlotte Mason didn't tick those boxes. Now going through it, I really wish I'd done Charlotte Mason from the beginning because you can tick all those boxes. It's a, like you say, it's a philosophy rather than just a, a curriculum of okay go through these books it's a mentality that you have and I wish I'd had that mentality earlier oh well that is I hope it's very encouraging for a lot of people who are listening just going back to the read aloud in the afternoon mm-hmm. this is something that I hear from a lot of people is they try to have some kind of read aloud time as well but their kids just won't sit still and listen mm. do you have any advice for mothers who might be struggling in that way Um, first of all to know that it's normal um, because that's something that I have to remind myself of as well my daughter has a habit of humming (laughs) when I'm reading and she doesn't even realize she's doing it and I I don't even realize either until I notice that I'm actually shouting the book rather than reading and then I just suddenly go, what is that not and I realize it's my daughter humming um so and they will be messing and I, I do tend to give them something to do so I say right pick which activity you want to do for read aloud um and one thing I would like to have is set activities that are only for read aloud um and at the moment we don't have that with us moving we've just got everything everywhere but (laughs) normally I would like to have an activity just for read aloud so that it has that novelty about it as well because for example now they've got lego and painting sometimes I think well I can always do lego and painting and they sort of run out of interest in it um very quickly but Mm. if you've got something that only comes out at read aloud time then it's that novelty will last a lot longer um so that's the second piece of it. First of all, know that it's normal. Second of all, try and give them something to do at the same time whilst you're reading. Um, but also try and keep mix it up. Um, I know sometimes we're tired and trying to read it in an animated voice because that does engage their attention. That can be hard as well. So utilize audiobooks where you can. Mm-hmm. Um, utilize that, give them something to focus on, and maybe just ask them questions more regularly than you would if you notice that they're switching off. Um, so I might just suddenly go, Okay, Khalid, what just happened? And he'll suddenly stop for a minute and go, Oh, okay. And then to be honest, you'll be surprised. He'll I'll think he's not listening, but I'll ask him, Okay, well, what I, you know, what's just happened? What do you think about what's just happened? And he will reel it off, even though it looked like he was rolling around and messing with his top and like it looked like he wasn't listening. He was actually taking some of it in. Um, And the other piece of advice is to adjust your expectations, because I kept expecting them to come out with these big, long narrations and including all the details that is needed. And I'm thinking, well, no, you've forgotten this key detail and you've forgotten that. And I. I I think they need to remember and be able to articulate everything and they really don't. And what helped me process that was when we read uh, Know and Tell by Karen Glass. Mm -hmm. And it had samples of other narrations at different ages. And it just made me realize that, you know what, my children are doing just fine, alhamdulillah, like that it's the same as other children. And I think we do forget that they are children. And yeah. think of how they would narrate a story of something that happened to them. They won't, you know what, even children who are in school, they come on, what have you done today? Nothing. 
<laughs> you know, yes. it's not that they did nothing all day. It's just that sometimes what's important for them to re retain won't necessarily be important to us. And it's just adjusting your expectations of what you want them to get out of read aloud. That is so powerful. Thank you so much for that. I think that is going to be really helpful to a lot of people. So I want to just just mention there that Khadija spoke there about reading Know and Tell. Now that's a book that we covered in the book club Inside Launch Your Homeschool. And Khadija is actually the lovely lady who runs that book club for us. So can we talk about that just briefly, Khadija? Absolutely. Why, what do you do in the book club? What's it all about? And why do you think it's so important for mums, especially homeschooling mums, to keep learning and growing? Well, I mean, considering, first of all, I'll answer the first question, actually. So with the book club, I will, so we all ask the ladies in our group um, which book they'd like to read. So we usually have sort of a handful of different books for them to choose from. And we go with the most popular choices. I will then read the book and pick out sort of questions and things that are sort of good discussion points to have with the ladies and then we will meet on zoom and discuss what we liked about the book what we learned from it and different discussion points in there and I found this so valuable for myself because even though I've been homeschooling on and off for 10 years I still feel like I'm learning especially as I'm just starting off with um, the Charlotte Mason method and I think the reason being is because no matter which philosophy you go for, your circumstances are going to change. So I had a different philosophy when my son was two. Then when I had multiple children, something had to change. And then when I realized, hang on, something's still missing, something needs to change, and I, and I rediscovered the Charlotte Mason philosophy, it keeps you motivated. It keeps you inspired when you are constantly reading and learning. And hearing what other mums um, have got to go through as well, because there is always something new to learn and there are different ways of doing it. And it will mean something at different stages of your life and your children's lives. Because there's one thing I noticed about reading a lot of Charlotte Mason's books and guides about her books. It's not just about education. There is an awful lot of parenting advice in there. Mm. And just things that I didn't think were an issue. And if I'd read them when my son was two, who, mashallah, was a wonderful two-year-old. Uh, they always say the first one is always wonderful to trick you into having more. <laughs> um, but, mashallah, he didn't have any behavioural issues at all. So if I'd read those, it would have gone straight over my head. But then as I had multiple children and they're bouncing off each other and those typical discipline issues are coming up, I'm sat there wondering, I don't know what to do. And all the parenting books and things I tried to read at the time, nothing has been as helpful as the discipline and habit training that comes into the Charlotte Mason philosophy. And I wouldn't have found that if I hadn't kept reading. So yeah. I honestly do advise everyone because each time you read something, it will change your perspective depending on where you're at in life, what your living situation is. I mean, I've Obviously, I've had maybe one child in school, two at home. They've been different ages. One's really good at reading. One's really good at science. Um, you know, my husband's been very involved in the homeschool. Then it's just been me on my own. Then we've been living in Qatar with a different climate. Then we've been living with family. Now we're living in a new house trying to renovate it. So the, your living situation, your children's ages changes all the time. And you'll be surprised at how 
your homeschool molds to your situation and different things become applicable. So it's always important to keep reading. Well, I mean, you would say that because you are you are a writer, you are a writing coach, <laughs> you're a reading expert. But I, I would agree with everything you've said there, because, you know, what the way you talk about the homeschooling books really helping you with your parenting as well. Many people say this, that home education is just an extension of parenting, that teaching your kids at home is just an extension of what you're already doing. And so you will find in many homeschooling books, particularly Charlotte Mason books, that there is a lot of talk about discipline, habits, routines, and, and just generally how to improve in your parenting skills. Um, so I'm so glad that you spoke about that. I love the idea that as you as your family grows, as your situation changes and grows, you need to be growing with it as well. And you can do that by reading. And you do a great job, mashallah, in, in leading that book club for the other mums. Um, and we have been going, I don't know how many books we've gone through so far, um, but the next book in the series is, can you remind me, Khadija, what we're reading next? I've got it in front of me, actually. Oh, good. My dad, um, Children Around the Prophet by Hisham Alawadi. Ah, that's so great. So if you are joining us, this July, end of July, going into August, when we open up enrollment, you'll be able to join that book club meeting with Khadija um, and go through that book with her. Even if you haven't had a chance to read the book yet, it doesn't matter. You can still hop on the call um, and listen in. Okay, so back to your story. Yeah. Can you tell us, if it's not, if it's not too personal, <laughs> tell us a difficulty perhaps that has arisen recently in your homeschool and, and how you addressed it? Um, so there's two things really and I think one is the battle that like you said a lot of mums have of sort of a differing opinion with your husband um, with my eldest getting older and him needing to go into school <clears throat> not my opinion personally I think he's fine where he is <laughs> <laughs> but you have got to like reach that compromise and I think that plus discipline of the children those have been my two biggest struggles recently and I do think a lot of the behavior and the discipline issues that we've been having are because of the huge upheaval they've had um by moving abroad you know not really being settled um and in a routine and it's only recently in the past couple of months we're slowly starting to get a routine back and that always I mean, it upsets adults, never mind children. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that has been really, really tricky. And honestly, the way I've combated it is throwing myself headfirst into Charlotte Mason more than I had before. Oh, wow. The, re the reason being is because the more I learn about Charlotte Mason, and I che was checking the website Ambleside online as well, which kind of breaks it down in a structured way, which helps both me and the way my mind works, but also my husband as well, um, mm. being able to see things so clearly and structured. And when you see really how much is required of each age group, it's not really that much. Whereas when you look at the UK curriculum, it can seem so daunting with the way that the curriculum aims are worded. It looks like they have to do so much. Yeah. And there is a lot of optional stuff on there. And this is my, always my advice with anyone using Twinkle as well. Let it work for you. Don't see everything on there and think, right, I need to use all of this. No, you don't. <laughs> um, make it work for you. And when I really looked at the Charlotte Mason, I thought, right, essentially, what is my husband going to want them to do? 
well, first of all, I took out the composers. I took that bit out. Mm -hmm. I took out um, artist study because that's something I do with them sort of like on their own. And I sort of see that as sort of a hobby. I don't actually include it in schoolwork. Okay. So I took that out. Um, Nature study, I separated that for one day. And once you take those things out and you actually look at the Charlotte Mason sort of um, recommendations, that was incredibly freeing for me. Um, for, for my daughter and especially who was just sort of six years old this past year and I thought okay first thing I just need to teach her to read that was the biggest obstacle so I, I prioritized each child's goals so my eldest he needs to be practicing these practice papers um, that's just where we're at, at the moment I have to be okay with it that's what he's doing so he had that but I also made sure I had some living books around him for him to enjoy and for him to dive into and still embrace that part of homeschool that I loved. So he would do his practice papers. And then as a reward, I had some Charlotte Mason books for him to oh, sort fantastic. of like look through. And it sort of broke it up a little bit. My daughter, she just needs to learn to read. It's something she struggled with. So that nearly everything we did was focused on that. I didn't worry too much about history, uh, you know, and science. We sort of combined those and I just sort of read aloud to them afterwards. And it really was incredibly freeing. And that took the pressure off. Mm. And it also gave them some sort of structure, which helps with discipline as well. That's true. Um, That's very true. And obviously seeing the habit training as well and the things that Charlotte Mason recommends I kind of saw that as another subject <laughs> um, that we needed to study so I'd pick one habit like you guys you need to tidy up after yourselves I'm only human I can't do all of it and I just sort of I do kind of explain a lot to my children I'll sit there and I'll and I'll talk to them and say right how long would it take me just mommy to pick all of this up and they'd all have a guess you know and I think right okay we're going to try picking up after ourselves this week that's our aim you know so again Love that. just throwing anyway. myself into Charlotte Mason and everything she had to offer and just embracing all of it and that has truly helped it's helped keep me sane as well <laughs> that's fantastic I mean what I really picked out there was that you you prioritize really what was important to you and your family and the situation you're in and you simplified, you know, you got rid of all that extra stuff that is great. But right now, where you're at in that upheaval of life right now, you just can't do all of that. You, you want to focus on what's most important. And I think that is really great advice for anyone who's going through any kind of upheaval. If you're expecting, if you just had a baby, if you're moving house, if you're traveling. I think that's great advice. Thank you, Khadija. No worries. Um, so... Now, I just want to say, because I know there'll be people there who listen to this podcast in the car and they're thinking, oh, had he just said all these great resources, all these names of books? Don't worry. All the names, the titles of these books <laughs> will be in the show notes. So don't panic and think you need to pull over and write them down. It'll be in the show notes for you when you get back home. Um, so Khadija, tell me a little bit about how the experience of homeschooling has actually changed you as a person as a mother as a woman how how have you changed and grown through the process it's a tricky one actually because I feel like I'm still going through it um mm. so I as much as even though I've been homeschooling for what 10 years I would still like I joined your launch your homeschool uh course even though I'd been doing it for ages I jumped into the boot camp and anything that's for beginners I do tend to jump at yeah and because I don't necessarily see myself as a seasoned homeschooler and I think 
so I still feel like I'm going through it. I'm still changing. But my biggest thing, I think, is the challenges that I didn't think I'd have. So I always imagined homeschooling would be, you know, the way you see it on Instagram and Pinterest <laughs> and how pretty it looks. So the children are sat enthralled by these rich books and excited for the next chapter. And it's not really been like that. Mm. Um, so it's tested my patience quite a lot and helped me adjust my expectations for myself and for my children. But it has given me confidence and it has opened my eyes to what true education actually looks like because like I said I never intended to homeschool it was always no I can't take on that responsibility it's better off if school does that and now I'll look at things that they're doing in school and I struggle to keep my opinions to myself <laughs> And I'm going, that's wrong. No, you can't do it like that. And I'll hold my hands up. I've become quite judgmental when it comes to school methods and yeah. the resources when I see them because I've seen so much better out there. And I think that has been incredibly liberating to be able to shape myself from the importance of formal education. It's not the be all and end all. And there is such a richness and a beauty outside of those walls that I am now able to expose my children to. So having that confidence and that knowledge has been wonderful and helped me grow as a person into also teaching myself anything <laughs> as well, that I can, I can home educate myself. It doesn't matter, you know, that I'm, you know, mother of three and getting on, I, I can still educate myself because it's something I've always enjoyed. And there, you, I can teach myself and my children anything. And that's incredibly liberating. Mm. I used to find it scary, but now I know, well, you know, when the saying was, oh, well, there's an app for that. I'm constantly thinking there's a book for that. <laughs> but, you know, there'll be a book for that. And I'll just constantly recommend it. And even if, you know, it's not reading, it's audiobooks or we're using the LibriVox library. And just if I don't have, personally have the time, I know that there are other ways to expose my children to great work. And relaxing, knowing that they can still teach themselves things when they're playing as well. The importance of learning through play, of life experiences. I never really saw that as important or essential should I say to their education and just learning through home education and the different ways of doing things it has been incredibly liberating to know that. I mean you keep using those words Khadija freeing liberating and I love it because it really is it's there's so much of that in it isn't it it's a you free yourself yeah. from these uh, restrictions that you believe there were you know we all started believing that school has to look a certain way that it has to be done by professionals that you know you can't do this you need help to do it or you need a certain qualification or special resources as <laughs> if the schools have this magic thing that they hide away yeah. in school that we don't have access to but we do have access to it. And in fact, we have something far more powerful in our homes. And that is the fact that we are their mother. 
And we have this environment that we create for them that is so full of love and safety where they can truly be themselves. And being in that kind of environment is very conducive to learning and growing and and being the best, growing into the best possible human being they can be. So I just, I find that so inspiring, Khadija. Because the thing is, it can be really intimidating sometimes when you see all these book lists, especially with Charlotte Mason, all these lists of living books. And what's liberating about it is not to be boxed in by those book lists. You can pick any of them. You don't have to pick all of them. And I think it's that that's the key thing. And like you said, knowing that school is not, they don't have this magic formula. And I think another thing that contributed to me realizing that is when I was abroad and obviously with my husband being a teacher, I had access to the school that my children were in. Even though it was abroad, it was an international school that followed a, a UK curriculum. They were all British teachers. And all my friends were teachers. All my husband's friends were teachers. Wherever we went, we were with teachers. Any social things, it was all teachers. And I spent a lot of time in the school building, doing things and just, you know, picking my children up. And the things I witnessed and the things I heard made me realize that, you know what, they don't know what they're doing here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like we do as mothers, sometimes come along checking, okay, what do I need to teach for this? And what book do I need? They're doing the same thing. And I think sometimes they forgot that I was there sometimes and they'd fall into teacher versus teacher speak. And, you know, they could play, but, oh, I have no idea what I'm doing for my lesson tomorrow. Oh, I'll just put a video on. Oh, I'll just do this. And I'm sat there thinking, you forgot and I'm here. (laughs) Um, And, but it just made me realize that, you know what? They don't know everything. They're just human like you. They're still trying to find which um, book resources is going to work there. You know, I had friends who would talk to me about children who were struggling in their class and they don't know how to help them. And they'd sit there bouncing ideas. It's exactly the same position as we are as homeschooling mums, trying to figure out how to help our children and which are the resources we should be using. Well, that is an insider scoop there, guys. So that's fantastic. So now tell us, what would you put as your top three favorite resources? You have named so many resources and websites so far, but if you had to narrow it down to your top three, what would you say? Okay. Well, I'm going to try and keep it general because I said there's loads of specific resources and specific books that I love, but I would say Twinkle Definitely, especially if you feel that you need to tick boxes or you feel that you have something to prove. Um, Twinkle is a very handy resource. You can just type in your topic or pick a curriculum aim that you feel that you need to show and find something fun for your children to do. On top of that, you get access to loads of apps. Um, So there's a phonics program. A lot of people struggle to find a phonics program. I'm very hard to please when it comes to phonics programs, given that, you know, like you said, I'm a writer and given my background, but I really do love the Twinkle one. I do think it's very good. It has, you get a book club, so you'll get books for your children every month or so. It has some really good resources. And, but I must stress, use it as you want to (laughs) don't feel that you need to do everything that's on there it just it's just great to dip into when you feel like you need some help the second one I would give is Ambleside Online because that has been my life raft (laughs) the past few months especially now I'm starting to plan for next year and I'm going even deeper into the Charlotte Mason philosophy as well and trying to sort of pick more of my books from there um, that has been very helpful with sort of scheduling ideas, book lists, 
support that I really do like that website and the next one has to be and I'm not just saying it but it is almost in homeschool <laughs> that, that has to be up there because it fills that bridge between home education and Charlotte Mason and Islam it builds up because you can sometimes feel like for want of a better word you're whitewashing the stuff that your children are exposed to when you dive into that book by reading some of your blog posts um doing your courses being in your facebook groups not only does it link and shows that hang on we can use the sharp mason philosophy in an islamic way but also the community is just it's so vital because you don't get through home education without a support system and more often than not we we talk about support systems and you think of okay your, your spouse uh, your family um friends neighbors i'm not even talking about that sometimes the biggest support comes from the people you meet online mm -hmm. and knowing that you've got somewhere to go to to talk to and maybe express some of the concerns that you're having and with people who are on the same sort of flex as you you know islam is important to them they might have a you know a husband who has got an opinion and who you have to listen to because sometimes when you're dealing with non-muslim homeschool groups a lot of the advice is oh my husband's not really on board it's like well forget him just do that as, <laughs> we can't do that we can't just forget him <laughs> we mm -hmm. have to actually work with him and so it's important to have people who have similar priorities to you and i feel that the all-muslim homeschool blog the courses and the community all serves that purpose and that has been another life raft for me Oh, well, thank you so much, Khadija. I'm really glad that the work that we do online has helped you. Um, it has, I'm, honestly. And I'm not one to sort of contribute much, like, you know, in discussions and on social media, I'm not very inclined that way to sort of like join into every, you know, comment on everything. And I, I'm one of those, I think we call them drifters. <laughs> where I'm looking at everything and I'm taking it all in and there's so much benefit there. And I think sometimes we, as, especially as a blog, because I'm, when I'm running my blog and I'm sending out um, articles, you think, okay, there's no engagement. So nobody's listening, it's not benefiting. It is benefiting. Sometimes just posting and sharing, okay, this is what we've done today, or this is what we struggled with today. It can help somebody, even if they're not commenting on it, because just knowing that you're all going through the same thing. Oh, that's awesome. So again, those links I will put in the show notes for anyone who wants to check that out. So if you were to talk to your younger self 10 years ago, when you first started thinking about home education, you started with your little one at home, what would you have done differently? What would you tell Khadija 10 years ago? Uh, what do you wish you had known? Charlotte Mason. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not just saying that. I wish that I had done that from the beginning especially with the constant in and out of school i think charlotte mason would have been a constant and a comfort for both myself and my children um and i think it would have eased the pressure because now i feel like i'm playing catch up i feel like i'm trying to learn about charlotte mason and learn different resources and try it out with my kids and also tick the box i'm trying to do everything at the same time Whereas I would have, I think I would have enjoyed taking my time with it and starting out when my son was two and he just needed reading and writing practice. And I could have sat there reading, you know, some books about Charlotte Mason, listening to some podcasts, 
getting an idea of it so that as my children got older, I could have jumped straight in and known what I was doing. I, I think I would have really enjoyed that. So yeah, I would say give Charlotte Mason another go. <laughs> Try again. <laughs> and what about if somebody's in the same boat as you? Their children are a bit older now. They've been doing it a different way. They've been doing worksheets and workbooks and it's just boring and they're tired of it that way. And they're thinking about Charlotte Mason. Is it too late for them? I don't think it's ever too late. And I think sometimes we get caught, and I'm very, very guilty of this. I feel the need to do everything. So if I've not done year one with, or year two or year three with my children, I think, well, is there any point in going into year four? And I might start year four whilst also trying to get them to do the years one to three at the same time. So I'm very guilty of that. Um, So I have to catch myself. So my advice is absolutely, it's not too late. You can just jump in where you need to. So I would pick a year, whichever year you think your child is at or which year you think that they are comfortable with and start with just a couple of times, start with just history or, you know, start with just the literature and read, try the different ideas. So reading aloud, trying narration, you don't have to give up what you're doing now completely learn everything there is to know about Charlotte Mason because if there's one thing I've learned is you're never going to know everything there is to know (laughs) you know so Mm. don't wait to know absolutely everything before you start so just try one thing whatever you do know oh you know they talk about our island story this book comes up a lot let's read this and you know narrate back to me start with one thing whilst you're learning and you know get into the our Muslim homeschool book club as well (laughs) (laughs) that's also my advice Um, because and being in that community trying to launch your homeschool as well it gives you a plan because sometimes you know Charlotte Mason it feels like there's not much of a plan it's just here's your year here's your books and the launch your homeschool does actually break it down on how to plan it and it makes it feel more manageable so you could use that and then just bring in a little bit at a time for each child And don't beat yourself up about the things that you've missed or the things you've not done. And that's a Mm. reminder to myself as well. Um, Mm. Because even now I still try and get my eldest son to read some of the earlier books that were on the Charlotte Mason list. I'm like, try this. And he's looking at me thinking, you've already given me six books already. That's enough. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it's a reminder to myself as well. You don't have to have hit all those. Again, Charlotte Mason is not a tick, tick box situation. And I think we still have that mentality that, well, no, I need to have ticked all these boxes before I can move on to these. And it's not because that's the beauty of Charlotte Mason. It's a philosophy. It's an idea. It's a it's an approach and a way you teach them. So whether you're using living books and those book lists, twinkle resources or worksheets or textbooks, however, you can still adapt it. So just take a little bit at a time and try it and just slowly build your Charlotte Mason life. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yes, exactly. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. Yeah. Uh, it can be something in between. Thank you so much. So Hadija, as we mentioned, is a writer and a writing coach. She has this wonderful Instagram account called Our Daily Wonders, and that focuses on reading and writing for children. And I know that many of you have, you know, emailed me or sent me messages on Instagram saying, you know, having concerns that your child is not reading yet or they've not started writing yet or they're reluctant to read, they're reluctant to write, anything like that. If you are having any of those issues or you just want to know more about teaching, writing and reading to children, I really recommend her Instagram. So that's Our Daily Wonders. Is there anywhere else that our listeners can find you online, Hadija? Um, 
I do, obviously, like you said, I do sort of editing and writing. So I'm at Epic Writing. I think on Instagram, it's Khadija.EpicWriting. So I will put links for both of those Instagram accounts in the show notes as well. Thank you so much, Khadija, for being here and spending time with us today. Uh, That was so much fun and so practical and inspiring at the same time. Thank you. I I had a great time as well. And it always makes me feel excited to homeschool when I talk about it with somebody it reminds me because I think sometimes we need that reminder um, because it can be quite lonely sometimes Um, so being able to talk about it and remind myself of why I do this and why it's important and you know I've, I've really benefited from it myself so thank you very much for having me. Wasn't that incredible I'm so grateful to Khadija for coming on and sharing all of that information with us, all that inspiration so honestly and openly. Now don't forget, Launch Your Homeschool is open to new students from tomorrow. That's Friday, the 29th of July at 12 p.m. UK time. And we're only having the doors open for a very short period of time until the 5th of August. So if you've been interested in joining, make sure you head over there now. If it's before noon, then you can leave your name on the waiting list. If it's after that, then make sure you join us. Look, I know you want the best for your children and you want to do the right thing and you're willing to do whatever it takes. And if homeschooling is the path you've decided upon, then I would love to support you on that journey. Launch Your Homeschool has helped more than 500 Muslim families give their children an incredible education at home. An education where children thrive emotionally, intellectually and spiritually. And it can help your family too. Go over there now, put your name on the waiting list or join us if the doors are already open. That's launchyourhomeschool.com. Well, thank you so much for joining me here today. Have a beautiful week. Assalamu alaikum.